You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryer, your trusty if not talented host of the program, Fresh from Bama Online, where I serve as the senior analyst right there for the website, part of, of course, the 247sports.com network. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, to be exact. Always a great time to get by Peterbrook. Go ahead and get those weekend treats. Those weekend treats. Have them ready to go. Treat that special someone to those special treats from Peterbrook Chocolates here. Joined on the program by executive producer Joe Gaither, who together we combined to form the 60 bit of sports talk radio. How about it, Joe Gaither, on this TGIF rainy morning in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? It is rainy, and I'm uh, experiencing a little sleepiness from it. But I'm doing good, ready to uh, get on to the weekend. Yeah, I'm not complaining about the wet stuff because I'm that noted lawn irrigation miser. You know, I try to keep that irrigation system turned off for as long as I can as we move throughout the summer months. Still turned off. Hadn't turned it on yet, Joe. Gotten to this point. Yard looks good. You know, I'm sure your water bill is thanking you. Yeah, the chocolate lady, she'll get on to me. You know, we get a couple of days of 95 plus with no rain and she'll start getting on to me about that irrigation system. But I kind of I fend her off for as long as I can. You know, there are typically summers where I've got to do it. I got to crank up the old rain bird, you know, but I've been successful in 2020 and keeping that baby uh, dormant for the time being you gotta take your wins where you can yeah absolutely you got that right you're a married guy joe and look when you've got three women in the house pretty much and you're the only male they're very precious the w's the w's are very very precious there's no doubt about that 205-342-9904 that is the peterbrook chocolate to your studio line if you'd like to jump on board with us you are welcome to do that we'll be joined later in the program by pops you know Last week, Joe, Pops got a little heat on the Twitter about his tomato sandwich that he previewed with us here on the program last Friday. Pops, very descriptive in how he likes his sandwiches when we go there with him because he's typically right on the cusp of lunch. You know, he goes off from his segment here and it's straight into Nana's chicken salad or maybe she's got the the uh, the tuna salad, or maybe she's got just something simple. He likes that tomato sandwich. He likes the pineapple sandwich that he's talked about here on the program in the past. But he always likes that tomato ice cold. He likes it refrigerated. And he got a little heat after the show last week about the refrigerated tomato. You know, a lot of people are are very firm in their stance that Room temp tomato uh, has a better taste to it than refrigerated. So we'll ask him to address that. We'll ask him to address his fridge temp mater haters, we'll call them, 
when we get him on here later in the program. But a lot to get to between now and then. We are on the verge of hashtag football week. Crazy, right? I mean, we already had the NFL camps underway. We talked about some of that yesterday in relation to Cam Robinson in Jacksonville, Tuatanga Vailoa in Miami. But one week from today, one week from yesterday, really, you're going to have the high school football really cranking up. And here locally, you're going to have Northridge at Sipsy Valley. You have Bryant at County, Holt at Central. Uh, I got to see, I'm, I got to check in on Hillcrest. You're going to have Northside at Barry. I think that's a Thursday night game, actually. So inside one week until we have the high school football here in the state of Alabama, been pretty much able to maintain that course to that weekend of the April, uh, August 21st start. You've seen around the state some hiccups, some pauses, the situation over at uh, you know a couple of the schools in the in the Birmingham area, most notably Vestavia Hills. Legendary coach Buddy Anderson testing positive for COVID nineteen. That's thrown some some things into flux over there a little bit, but otherwise, it looks like right here locally, they're ready to rock and roll. And I tweeted this earlier today. I spoke with Maurice Hurd, who is the coordinator for athletics for Tuscaloosa City Schools. Checked in with Maurice this morning. Good dude. Great guy. Really appreciate him taking the time. And so I was wondering, you know, kind of what capacity was going to be for the city schools or the area schools uh, for, for high school football games. You know, you've seen them kind of vary across the state. I know down in Mobile, you're looking at uh, 35% capacity down there i saw where jasper uh is going with 50 percent capacity up there in walker county so i made the phone call this morning and spoke with maurice for i don't know 10 15 minutes and he said that part of the part of the input given by mayor walt maddox was 25 percent at these large gatherings uh, locally, and so that's pretty much what TCS is going with. Maybe a shade under twenty-five percent for games at city schools, but Central's going to have a home game next week against Holt. And according to Maurice, you're looking at a capacity typically at Central of forty-five hundred seats. They're looking at allowing a thousand fans into the. Uh, into the stadium over there off 15th street next week for that opener. Now you're going to have Bryant and Northridge city schools at some County schools next week. Uh, and I made a call to the Tuscaloosa County schools as well. In case you're wondering, still waiting word back, but I would think it's going to be similar. So you're looking at approximately 25% capacity for local high school games, which again, going to get underway here. Very very soon. And kind of tie that in. We heard from Greg Byrne yesterday, Alabama Athletics Director, uh, via Zoom call, Zoom conference. Greg Byrne took some time to answer questions from media types. And as you might expect, is since it's involving Alabama, you had all the national folks on that Zoom call yesterday from all over. Just about every outlet covered, best I could tell, both nationally and locally. Some interesting Thoughts from Greg Byrne during that teleconference mentioned that since there have been there were some positive tests early on with bringing student athletes back inside what Byrne referred to as the UA umbrella, the numbers of infections and positive tests have actually improved uh, with the the manner in which Alabama has been able to handle things over there, not just football players either. You've had some basketball players, as you know, fall sports participants also involved over there at the facility. Um, important note from Byrne, no cases of myocarditis to this point. And if you listen to this program, right, we were talking about myocarditis earlier in the week when we had Dr. Aloya Earl on with us, and she gave her thoughts on how manageable myocarditis would be, especially with collegiate football players, because myocarditis 
really became this hot button topic as we got closer and closer to the Big Ten and and Pac-12 opting out for the fall when it comes to college football. It almost had the feel of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten were sort of already there in opting out. And then here comes myocarditis as a major concern, sort of in relation to those two leagues deciding to postpone their seasons potentially to the winter and or spring. But Greg Byrne yesterday saying no cases as of yet at UA involving myocarditis. He also touched on, speaking of capacity of stadiums for football, he also made it clear once again that capacity at Bryant-Denny Stadium for the upcoming season will be significantly reduced. In the words of Greg Byrne, emphasis on significant. So maybe you're going to see something similar, at least initially, to what even the high schools around here are going to have in play. 25% maybe, maybe 20. We'll see. I thought one of the more interesting things that Byrne touched on yesterday involved student athletes and with the fall semester starting next week, we've got everything coming together, man. We've got practice at Alabama set to get underway on Monday. You've got fall classes set to get underway on Tuesday. And that, again, is where the rubber's probably really going to meet the road. And Burns said yesterday that there will be a combination of in-class learning and remote learning where student athletes are concerned. Again, not just football players, but obviously hyper-attention, hyper-focus on football players. And so understanding that between labs and project work and things like that, there are some things you have to have some type of in-person interaction to complete requirements for courses. You get that. It will be big. It will be critical. Uh, the, the manner in which Alabama is able to navigate, not just Alabama, but all these, all these programs, athletic programs that are still looking to give sports a shot in the upcoming month and upcoming months, how they're able to navigate the in-class learning, in-person learning, uh, and, and how you sort of work through that. It's going to be huge. You know, you've been able to sort of maintain this kind of, bubble atmosphere from June, July, and now into August, and here comes the fall semester. And I'm sure John Deaver, when it comes to academic uh, support and guidance in the athletic department at UA, John's as good as it gets. So I'm guessing UA is doing everything it possibly can to keep this stuff more towards remote learning than in-class learning, but some of it's unavoidable. Some of it's unavoidable. And again, how UA and others go about working through that, likely going to tell us exactly how much football we're going to have played in the coming months. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. We're going to get into some recruiting talk coming up in the program as well. And we'll also talk about the viability of crowning a champion in FBS football, a college football playoff champion with the Big Ten in Pac-12 and not participating in a fall season. We'll get into some of that with you. Additionally, and there's also some pro golf we're going to talk about later in the program. Todd McShay, we talked about yesterday as far as the 2021 NFL draft is concerned. He had another interesting note that he dropped on social media just a little bit ago. In terms of finalizing his preseason top 150 prospects for the 2021 NFL draft, big surprise, looks like Alabama is going to be at the top of that list for Todd McShay and ESPN.com. Back with more of Southern Fried Sports on a Friday, presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier, right here on Tide 100.9 FM, right after this. Mostly cloudy this afternoon, a good chance of showers and thunderstorms through tonight. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 73. 
Tomorrow, the sky partially sunny. Just a few widely scattered showers around. Much of the day will be dry. The high also at 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. single there of that little disc back in the day how about that talk about b-sides i'd say maggie may ranks up there gosh top 10 all time or so worked out pretty well for rod maggie may gonna turn 50 next year crazy crazy stuff it's southern fried sports on a friday presented in part by houston hydrostein We've told you many, many times you need to enlist the services of Houston Hydrosteam right now. If you need the carpets, the rugs, the upholstery, the tile and grout, all of that stuff cleaned, Houston Hydrosteam is the call for you. 205-553-9460. You need to go ahead and take care of all this stuff before the football season and, and all these things sort of come together and occupy all of your attention. Stuff around the house. Let Houston Hydrosteam help you out with the rugs, the carpets, wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling. Houston Hydrosteam, home of the Houston Rug Revival. We've encountered that tremendous experience ourselves. At Casa de Ryer, it is absolutely fantastic. 205-553-9460. Hey, Joe Gaither, have you been... Uh, You've been out and about maybe in the evenings the last few days, say downtown Tuscaloosa, kind of that area there bordering the University of Alabama campus. Uh, You've been out much lately? I I was actually out last night with my interns for dinner. So, yes, and we went to a restaurant right on the edge of downtown. Yeah. You know, we – good dude to do that, by the way. Nice job. Good work, Joe, taking care of those interns. We appreciate that. Uh, We were out, the chocolate lady and I, last night as well. I don't know about you, Joe, but, man, it sort of had the feeling of maybe the semi-calm before the storm coming starting next week. Certainly. Certainly. People everywhere. Did you uh, get that sense last night? Yeah, there were people everywhere. There was a line outside the place we went to uh, all, all evening. (sighs) And it was sort of bittersweet for me anyway. It's always good. There's always this sort of heightened anticipation when you know another fall semester is about to get underway. But, man, thinking about this situation we're in with COVID-19, I almost had a sense of dread seeing it all down there last night. I don't know about you, Joe. It was, like I said, it was kind of bittersweet. The mask wearing was about 50-50, uh, maybe a little higher than that. Uh, But, yeah, my wife said, oh, we can't go to Target for the next six months. Uh, But, you know, I'm with you. It's it's kind of nervous to see what's actually going to happen this this fall. Did you see that the students – did you see the penalty system for the students not abiding by uh, the COVID-19 health – I did not see that. Update me. Well, there's – it's a four strike system that you get it. You get three, three strikes and the fourth strike you're uh, likely to be suspended for a year. Wow. And uh, it's going to take that sort of regimen, I think, because again, it was, it was sort of exciting last night to see the, 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 the cresting wave that's about to once again, hit our fair city. <laughs> 
at this time of year. But again, with the concerns that are in play, boy, and trying to talk about a football season when all this is about to go down in conjunction with with everything that's gonna it's gonna take to to pull off a football season. Oof. Uh, it was, it, you, you could feel it. You could feel it. I think in downtown Tuscaloosa last night, I'm kind of like your wife though. I told the chocolate lady, well, looks like I'll be posted up in Northeast Tuscaloosa for a few months <laughs> because it's about to be taken over pretty much. So hopefully we'll, we'll work through that in a, in a fairly smooth fashion. Anyway, two zero five three four two. 9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line if you'd like to join us on the program on this Friday. You know, we talked about with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 stepping aside here for the upcoming fall. The, the legitimacy of a potential college football champion for the 2020 season. Assuming we get through this stretch, we're able to play the 10 games, we're able to have some kind of conference championship uh, game and then perhaps move into a college football playoff with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten not involved, does it, how much does it sort of cheapen a national championship? Can it be called a national championship if you don't have representation from the Big Ten and the Pac-12? What are your thoughts on that? 205-342-9904. I'll tell you where I sort of stand. And again, there's going to be, whether real or just perceived, there's going to be an asterisk on whatever kind of football season we have, if we have a completion of a season. Um, Because you simply cannot totally discount the the, uh, absence of the the Big Ten and the Pac-12. You you can't do that. Now, look, do I think that if you're, say, Alabama or Clemson or LSU or Georgia or maybe even one of the Big 12 teams that comes out of all this, assuming we get to the finish line and you're the last team standing, should you apologize for a national championship in 2020? I don't think so. I mean – when we're talking about four of the last five national champions, who are we talking about? Alabama and Clemson, right? And then this past season, it was LSU. So assuming we get through a season here, we're going to have those three teams involved. We're going to have Georgia, who played for the national championship three years ago, involved. And look, Notre Dame has cool helmets. That's got to count for something, right? If the Irish somehow squeak into another college football playoff. And from the Big 12 perspective, maybe OU, maybe Texas. Maybe there's representation from the league that's actually uh, legitimate this year. That hasn't happened the last couple of years with the, uh, with the Big 12. But I mean, when's the last time the Pac-12 was a real factor? In the national scene anyway. Marcus Mariota in Oregon? Is that what we're talking about? Is that pretty much what we're going back to? The Big Ten? Yeah, okay. You know, Ohio State on paper looks like it was going to have an outstanding team. There's no denying that. But this is largely the Ohio State team that lost to a Clemson team in the semifinal this last time around. And that Clemson team lost by 17 to LSU. You know, the Big Ten, by my math, I believe it's 11 out of the last 12 years the Big Ten hasn't had a presence in a national championship game in college football. So, yeah, it won't be necessarily complete when you talk about a national championship, a national champion for this upcoming. But, it, it listen, it won't be Alabama 1941 either, okay? That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a team going nine and two, finishing number 20 in the AP rankings and saying, hey, Hoolgate system has us as the number one team in the country. We'll take that national championship. That's not what this is going to be. 
In fact, in a league like the SEC where you're looking to play 10 conference games and then still play a conference championship game before you get into a potential playoff where you could see maybe even another SEC team in the semis before you see a Clemson in the national championship, no apologies necessary if we play this thing out in 2020. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line at 205-342-9904. I believe we have Ken waiting for us. Ken, how you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm great. Good to hear from you. Man, I, I think uh, I mean, you're already going to have three of the four participants anyway play. And I don't think that it's right to punish 75% of your playing field because a couple of groups don't want to play. I mean, if you don't want to play, that's fine, but don't expect the whole world to stop. And I think that's what they're wanting to happen. No, I agree, Ken. And it, look, if you want to have a spring football champion that comes from basically the Big Ten and the Pac-12, well, go ahead and do that. And again, I'm with you. If you feel like you don't need to play, I've got no problem with that. Don't play. But right. absolutely. I mean, I just like said, I don't, I don't want to play. And I, do, I, feel, I feel, I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. No, you go ahead, Ken. First thing, I, feel, I do feel bad for the, for the players that have worked their tails off in the two conferences that have folded up. But the people in the other conferences have been working hard also. And, you know, it, it's not right to try to punish them, to put an asterisk side or, well, you know, this doesn't really count. Yeah, it does. I mean, if something happened to, to Justin Fields and he couldn't play in the national championship game and they, they, and they lost that game, it would still be a national championship game. You know, things happen. And this is just like everything else going on in the world with this. COVID stuff, everything's new. Because I heard, I heard an argument with a gentleman a couple days ago saying, well, you know, it's not right because these kids aren't getting this and aren't getting that from what the people in the past did. Well, in the past, they only played 10 games. There wasn't a college football playoff. I mean, you know, the game evolved. And the game is going to continue to evolve. And this is just one of the hurdles that college football and, and every other sport is going to have to get over. It's either that or just pack it all in and stay home and rock in the corner. And I don't think we're going to do that. That is certainly not the intent as of right now when you talk about three of the Power Five conferences. Also, Ken, it's interesting to consider what this could mean for the group of fives. I don't know if it helps uh, a group of five team. I guess you would probably still need to look at an expanded playoff before you could go down that rabbit hole. But, um, yeah, I I think uh, I'm I'm with you. I, I think you have to acknowledge the situation. And, and that right. will always be the case. Everything in our everyday life moving forward. For the rest of my lifetime, it'll be simply referred to as 2020. That's all anybody will say. Um, oh, definitely. Again, I, you, you, don't, you don't have to apologize for a national championship if you're the team left at, at the end of this deal this year, I don't think. No. I mean, like I said, I'm a school teacher. And I can promise you, this school year is not going to be like any other in my 19 previous years of teaching. But, you know, the kids are still going to get diplomas. They're still going to mean just as much if you stayed home and did it virtually as if you went to the cl- into the classroom like the students in the past did. And I think that's on, that's on about the same wavelength as this. You know, you have to adapt. You have to adjust. And it's either pack your tents up and, and go home or, or keep living life. And I think that's where we're at. That, again, that's, uh, that's the direction. I, you know, I've always felt like, in this situation that the power fives would at least try to play. And I think that's what the sec, ACC and big 12 are trying to do. Um, you know, I, I never would have real, I never would have really guessed. It wouldn't have surprised me if you told me the big 10 was going to be the first to opt out with the pac 12 following it, but the timing of it, can I expect that's that funny. the that's big 10 and the Pac 12 would have at least hung in there a little bit longer and then if you get the data and the growing numbers and it just says look we can't do this that's one thing i i'm just i'm just still a little bit surprised by the timing of it with those two leagues i am too especially the big 10 because it 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 made it seem like everybody was on the same page and then they came out and made the announcement conference schedule only 
which threw a monkey wrench into every, everybody else. And then they come out and say, okay, we're not going to play at all. I, I really think that they thought everybody else was going to follow suit with them. Uh, and when that didn't happen, they're sitting there going, okay, now, okay, what do we do? Now, the Pac-12, I'm, I'm not shocked they packed it in uh, yeah. <laughs> at all. I actually thought they'd be the first one. But, I, you know, I, I, I think they – they really thought everyone else would fall in line behind them. And, you know, if they'd have continued on the same page, that may have happened. I think when they jumped the gun with the conference-only schedule, they lost all credibility with the other conference. Yeah. Well, Ken, we appreciate the phone call, my man. Well, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good afternoon. And thank you for your work as a teacher. Goodness knows. Well, we need all the help we can get, and uh, we appreciate you. Thanks, Ken. Ken working on those front lines. Well, I know we're going to have some remote learning here, I guess, locally for the first nine weeks. But uh, talk about a noble profession, underpaid profession. Jeez, people. How about those teachers? Let's head to a break. We come back. We'll talk some recruiting, some news involving the two in-state powers in the last little bit and looking ahead to tomorrow. As a matter of fact, we'll do that more when Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Zero. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryder, senior analyst for BOL, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Man, when it comes to in-state recruiting here over these next 24 to 36 hours, looks like it's going to be largely about the DMV. That Washington, D.C. area that has been so, so good to Alabama football in the Nick Saban era here in Tuscaloosa. Well, Auburn with a nice pickup this morning from up around the D.C. area, Alexandria, Virginia, I believe to be exact. Malcolm Johnson, four-star wide receiver, commits to the Auburn Tigers this morning. And interestingly enough, on top of all that, Johnson says he is going to reclassify to the class of 2020 and will join the Auburn Tigers for preseason practices next week. How about that? Seeing more reclassifications in college football, it's largely been about college hoops to this point. Alabama's men's basketball recruiting class for 2020 includes a couple of reclassifiers, as we know. But Malcolm Johnson, the wide receiver, Going to go ahead and jump on board with the Auburn Tigers. Johnson was a guy that Alabama coveted as well. Alabama, of course, already with three stellar wide receiver commitments. So the Crimson Tide going to be okay at wide receiver. Still got some some really talented guys out there that they continue to be in the mix with. And, in fact, Alabama fans on commitment watch for tomorrow. You've got a couple of tied targets. Michael Goodwine, the defensive lineman, again, from up there in the DMV area. Goodwine, 6'4", 260 pounds. Expected to make his intentions known tomorrow. Also, a prospect with DMV area ties, Kyrie Jackson, junior college cornerback, 6'3", 197 pounds. How's that? For length at the corner position. Kyrie Jackson, currently of East Mississippi Community College, spent his freshman season 
on the junior college level at Fort Scott Community College out there in that Jayhawk Conference. You know about that Jayhawk Conference if you watch The Last Chance U because Independence Community College, a member of the Jayhawk, Kyrie Jackson expected to make his announcement tomorrow as well. So two tied targets on a Saturday that Alabama fans are going to have their eyes and ears on. Uh, Jackson, you watch tape of this guy, and you know you see these six three corners, and you, you you worry that there's some some give that you're going to have to to be willing to sacrifice in terms of agility, fluidity, flipping hips, all those cliches that you hear about uh, flexibility, really, when it comes to the cornerback position. You know, you hear coaches talk so much about how they want length at corner. Well, they're not necessarily talking about they want 6'6 six, six corners. They really like those 6'1-ish corners, 6'2", that have wingspans of maybe a 7-foot post. That's the length that they're talking about. The current Again, the concern comes in once you get up past 6'2 or so, you're getting 6'3", six, 6'4 six, with corners. And, uh, you know, in terms of main coverage, if they're not able to use that length to sort of – knock wide receivers off the route early on. An example of this, by the way, was Jerry Judy against South Carolina last season. South Carolina has a 6'4 corner. Guy actually had three interceptions of Jake Fromm in South Carolina's upset of the Georgia Bulldogs later in the season. But, man, in Columbia last season, when they tried to man up, the Gamecocks did. Jerry Judy with a 6'4 corner, it got ugly on some of those routes. Tough. Tough to hang in there with the footwork of a route runner like Jerry Judy when you're 6'4". But Jackson on tape, he shows the sort of, again, flexibility, fluidity, um, agility that you like to see. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that he's involved with. Alabama, Florida, Oklahoma, Oregon. And there's sort of an intersection there with a couple of different guys. When you talk about Alabama and its corner recruiting right now, Kyrie Jackson. But then you had Jason Marshall with the Miami area that Alabama's involved with. He recently committed to Florida. Jackson also has Florida on his list. You, of course, in-state have Jaquincy McKinstry, Kool-Aid, as he's known, a prime Alabama target as a five-star corner. Well, Obviously, Kyrie Jackson involved with the Crimson Tide as well. So you'll have some things to keep an eye on from the recruiting perspective on Saturday. Get your weekend going with some recruiting on Saturday. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. You also, yesterday, we kind of updated you throughout the show. Wilson Furr, senior for the Alabama men's golf team was involved in that round of 32 match yesterday against Harrison Ott of Vanderbilt uh, at the U.S. Amateur, the 120th plane of the U.S. Amateur out at Bandon Dunes on the coast of Oregon. Just gorgeous out there, man. You talk about bucket list trips. That's one of them. Well, it was a tough finish for Wilson Fur, who actually had come back from two down after the closing nine to win three of the first four holes on the back and take a one-up lead, which he carried over into the 18th hole. Ott, however, birdies 18, extends the match. They go to the extra holes, and Ott wins it with a par to first double bogey on the 19th hole. But still a really great week, really great performance for Fur, who was the medalist, of course, of the stroke play portion that is qualifying for the match play. Those 36 holes that determine the qualifiers for match play into the round of 64. Fur, again, really strong showing. And proof once again that when it comes to golf courses, you pretty much need your 18th hole to be a par five. You know? Because in a situation like that match where one player's up a hole or, you know, it's even... Uh, that par five, you're, you're gonna you're gonna get some drama there. You know the birdie ability of it, and uh, kudos to Ott. He did what he had to do down the stretch, but absolutely, par fives for the 18th hole should be uniform across the board. And yeah, I'm talking to you, North River. North River could really use flipping its nines. 
here locally. You look at the setup, the ninth hole at North River is a really cool dogleg left back up the hill, par five. It's the perfect closing hole, whereas 18 is pretty much without much pop, okay? A little par four back up the hill. I mean, it's got a good view from the dining area there in the clubhouse, I guess. You can look out. But even in terms of how the course would flow from the front nine to the back nine, if you flip the nines at North River, you make 18-9, you can come off that 18 green, and then you got the cold beer down there just to the right. Instead of having to come all the way from up the street in nine green to the cold beer, the boys and the gals can just hang that right, go down between nines and Get that chicken salad sandwich. Refill that cooler, you know, before you head back out. There you go. We're going to head to a break. When we come back, it's time for Pops on a Friday. We're going to ask Pops about his mater haters that are out there. They're out there in force. We're going to ask Pops about the evolution of the tight end position, man. These tight ends in the NFL getting paid these days. Travis Kelsey, the latest on the heels of George Kittle. In San Francisco, we got a lot of stuff we got to cover with Pops. We'll do it next when Southern Fried Sports returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Mostly cloudy this afternoon, a good chance of showers and thunderstorms through tonight. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 73. Tomorrow, the sky partially sunny. Just a few widely scattered showers around. Much of the day will be dry. The high also at 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show brought to you in part by Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. Yashika Barnes, over 20 years of quality cleaning service. You can reach her right now at 205-886-3616. Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. It is the official cleaning service of Southern Fried Sports. Yashika is just out of this world. A great person, dependable company, great work. Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, 205-886-3616. Let's bring on Pops now with a little Rod Stewart as his kind of uh, intro music. (laughs) Rocket Rod. Pops, uh, Maggie May, the iconic hit, B-Side hit from Rod Stewart turns 49 years old today. Maggie made us. How about that? Isn't that something? I swear. Yeah. He's he's unbelievable, man. (laughs) I suspect some of the more sordid details of your life may have come about with Rod Stewart songs as kind of the soundtrack, you know, in the background, kind of like a Goodfellas movie or something, you know? Yeah, I can. I mean, it, 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 it does I have to admit. <laughs> now, your favorite. Your, now, is your favorite Rod Stewart song? Is it uh, "Do You Think I'm Sexy"? You used to love that's, that one. That's the one. I, I think any man that can, that can <laughs> get up and see that. I don't know. It, it just tickles me with, uh-huh. when, I, when I when I hear that song. Every time I hear it, it puts a smile on my face. If you had to choose between Rod Stewart, Elton John. And the Rolling Stones, you can only listen to one of them for the rest of your life. Which would you go with? Oh, my. That's how, I, that's not fair. Well, you got to make a pick, Pops. Well, you know, 2020 isn't fair. I think we've learned that <laughs> at this point. I, I tell you, I tell, you know, after seeing Rod Stewart and, 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 and Rolling Stones. You've seen uh, them all. And Elton John. I've seen them all. And, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, yeah, that 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 the Rolling Stone concert was unbelievable. Uh, Greatest it, thing to ever happen to Jacksonville, Florida. Pops. By far, by far, by far, wow. by far. 
And mm-hmm. I and I've been to every Georgia Florida game you can imagine. Mm-hmm. But uh, to pick one, Travis, Gimanetti, uh, uh-huh. Rod's killer, Rod Stewart. You like Rod? You do like Rod? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Pops, I'm not sure if you saw this, but your boy Tommy Two Gloves Ganey on that Corn Ferry Tour shot a 9-under 62 yesterday. Tommy coming off a little bit of the legal troubles, you know, but still getting it done out there on the Pro Golf Tour. <laughs> what a great story. Uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, about that, Pops. <laughs> you know, busted for you know, solicitation. I read the, I read the, I, I got to check the paper again because I didn't even, I read the rundown and I swear I missed that. Well, you, you, your paper will probably have it in there Tuesday, but yeah, yeah. He, uh, well, I, they had the uh, champions run down yesterday. Yeah. That's what it was. He's known as Two Gloves, but they might call him Two Loves now you know, after the, the run in <laughs> with the law. But isn't he, isn't he from South Carolina? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. He's about as geechy as they come. Um, <laughs> now listen. You uh, were very thorough in your description last week of your tomato sandwich and how yeah. you prefer it, and you emphasized ice cold. You know when you talked about the tomato, that was met with some backlash uh, well, you among know, your listeners that uh, I'm not talking... are convinced that room temperature is the best way to go with a sliced tomato, not not well, refrigerated. I like pops. room. I like room temperature too, but I like refrigerated. Not ice cold, but refrigerated tomato on my tomato, tomato sandwiches. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know why. I guess because I use mayonnaise, cold mayonnaise on it too. I think it's the mayonnaise element. Yeah. That that uh, with, on, because on like fr- a fresh white bread with uh, yeah. salt and pepper. Because you know? when you put the mayonnaise in the chicken salad, the tuna salad, and things like that, you want it ice cold. You know, you don't want. Oh yeah. You don't oh, want yeah. warm chicken but salad, probably, tuna salad probably, with the mayonnaise. It, yeah. yeah, I I like I love steak tomatoes. I can eat them any way I can get them, you know. Mm-hmm. But a, a sandwich, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, Nana fixed me two days in a row tomato sandwiches per per and you hour love, quick. Yeah. You know, that's easy. That's nice and easy. Yeah, yeah, she loves that. Hey, Pops, not sure if you've seen it, but these tight ends, man, in the NFL, they're getting paid. George Kittle with the big deal in San Francisco yeah. and then Travis Kelsey uh, in and Kansas City. Well, these guys, those guys are worth it, though. They're, mm-hmm. they're huge in their offense. Yeah. And Jacksonville can't get, yeah. Jacksonville hadn't had a tight end since Mercedes back, back when he had that uh, all-pro yeah. year. But mm-hmm. every one of our tight ends get hurt or something, and they wind up mm-hmm. signing four, five, six tight ends a year because brought in Eifert. Yeah, yeah, Eifert. They got their fingers crossed with Eifert. You know, mm-hmm. I just talking pretty good about he- Cam Robinson healthy. down there, pops. Huh? Talking pretty good about Cam Robinson down there, pops. Well, <laughs> I'm not excited about Cam Robinson because pops. He, He's hurt all the time. He reminds me, you know, you know, you know, these guys have got all this potential and everything, but they can't stay on the field. Contract hurt all year, the time. pops. Contract year for Cam. Yeah, he needs, he's healthy. He needs Cam, to contract step, year. He needs to stay healthy. All right. You know, if if they play, Trash. I know. It scares oh, they, me to death. Pops. You need to get your around that. The Big Ten is now getting out. Ball. I mean, what in the world? What you are we going to do? You think the NFL pops? You think the NFL is going to sit here and watch Major League Baseball and the NBA play and not well, play? Come on! But they got to have a they got to have a, 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 a NFL bubble where they can play. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pops, I just the I don't know. I, I got my fingers crossed. We're all excited down here to just see see that they're at practice. You know. In the paper yeah. and on the news, saw some seven on seven video. Gardner Minshew throwing it around down oh, there. Oh yeah, this and he's excited. Yeah. And they're all excited. Leonard Fournette's excited about Gruden, and and uh, yeah. you know, which we haven't seen Leonard Fournette excited about anything since he's been here. Well, Lenny's playing for pay this year too, so yeah. you might see a more Contract. excited Lenny. Twenty twenty. Uh-huh. Hey, pops, who's the greatest tight end you've ever seen? Speaking of tight ends, greatest tight uh, end ever. Th- Dang. 
you know, you know, it was a uh, good uh, one from your Gonzalez. Years. Tony, Tony Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah. To me, to me, he was incredible. Hard to argue with that one, pops. Yeah, he and and I, I mean, I always he played a long time too. He was he mm. was great when he retired. Yeah, you know? he didn't have to retire. You're right. No, no, he could have kept playing. He was and he was a legit two sport guy at the power five level. Really good basketball player at Cal too, pops. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, he Travis, no matter where he played. He was an integral part of that offense, but but there's some really good tight ends, you know. You know who I remember from my early youth watching the football with you, Dave Casper, the ghost from was from good. Oakland, from yeah from Notre Oakland Dame Raiders, yeah. And and I and I thought he was terrific too. Uh, uh, John Mackey, Kellen Winslow, yeah, John Mackey, yeah. Kellen Winslow was incredible. There's just some really great athletes at tight end, but in, but they're rare, you know. Nowadays, it's uh, you know Kelsey and them boys. You can count on one hand. Gronkowski, I like to think of as a tight end, but yet he he was always a wideout, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ozzie Newsom, right here. Yep, yep. Ozzie Newsom from right there. Yeah. Oh, uh, they say uh, Gronkowski's down there in Tampa now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Hey, so pops, it's uh, Tim Tebow's thirty-third birthday today, and he played his youth football about two blocks from where you're yeah, sitting did. right now on the west side of Jacksonville. How will you celebrate Tim Tebow's thirty-third birthday, pops? How will I? Yeah, what will you do for it? Happy Cupcake birthday, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Tim. No, I, That's we're proud of Tim Tebow. You, what impresses <laughs> me about Tim Tebow? Uh, more than his athletic ability was, he was raised really well. Yeah. His parents did a really, you know, homeschooling and, and stuff yeah. like that. He's a quality individual. Yeah, I guess he's really proof that there was at least some quality parenting going on on the west side of Jackson. That's what I'm talking you about. Know. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere over here on this side of town. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Pops, have a great weekend. Enjoy that tomato all right. sandwich. If that's what we'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> there he goes. Pops defends his stance on the uh, on the uh, refrigerated tomato. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Pride Sports. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Joe Gaither for producing the show. The lunch whistle today, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, north in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. I'm telling you, if you haven't had the bacon ranch tots, that are a special side there at Southern Ale House, OMG, you need to have them today. The Bacon Ranch Tots, just another example of why you need to get by Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday, have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for-